next on Inside Champ Car, four in a row. Welcome to Inside Champ Car. I'm Brian Polanski. That guy above me in the red shirt, you might know him. He is Bill Strong. Hello, Bill. Hey, Brian. How you doing, buddy? I am doing good. And then the guy in the big box with the serious hat game, that is Chris Huggins. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys tonight? Well, you know, it's Tuesday. Undercover. Yeah. Undercover. <laughs> like everybody else will be on Monday. Yeah, right. pretty much. Or Tuesday or Wednesday. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be fun. This, you know, because we just got done with one race. We do the 24, you know, pretty much all staff is that we're at um, High Plains, you know, yesterday and day before. You. Actually, some of them were still out there today. They finally got home tonight, you know, today or midday today. But because um, of those storms. But yeah, we you didn't just have say people. All huh? staff in general are going to be at the 24. Oh, yes, at the 24 because it's all Full court on press. There. And then we have, uh, then we head off into Gingerman and then turn around right away and go to uh, Thompson. So it's going to be a pretty busy couple of weeks for the, for our staff. So, which is fun. Busy's we good. Do. Yeah. So That's what we pay press. for. <laughs> wow. That might be pushing it. <laughs> Chris. So, uh, you know, we, we haven't had Chip, Mr. Uh, five-time Shank on the show because, you know, he drove for another team at the time. But you're Mr. Four-time tied with uh, um, Simon Says. Simon Says. Yeah, I would have got it. It, it, it was there. Tied, <laughs> as, what, tied with Simon Says as, as having the, uh, the most wins at the Lifeline uh, 24-hour classic. But you're the only one with four in a row. Nobody else. Well, the rest of my team. Well, yes. well, yeah. I mean, sorry, your team. Your team has four in a row. So look at him already giving credit to other people. I know he does that. He does that. <laughs> can't do it with it. You can't as a car owner though. You it's hard to do it without all your other guys because for it's for one, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is impossible. Before we get to four in a row, Bill. We already know where he started racing. I know. Or you want to do that again? But it feels like weird if we skip that part. So Am I the first person to come back for a second show? No. No, we've had a couple. We've more. had a couple, and I think we've asked them all, haven't we? No. No? We just get straight into racing. All right, well, so, Chris, when you were three years old and your dad's <laughs> collecting cars, were you were you uh, sitting in the car, you know, making noises and turning the wheels, shifting gears? My daughter is is two, and uh, she drove my car down the street today Uh-oh. with my hands completely off the wheel. Oh boy! Okay, so Troy Trulio, Troy Trulio, Huggins kid did it at three, two, two, two. Get, That's awesome. Get that to is it. awesome. Because I don't know if you know the joke, but for back before I went to work with Champ Car, um, Troy, I Troy and I would post pictures of our kids and stuff, and I took my daughter. I think she was fourteen. They were black and white. No, they were in color, just super eight. But my took my uh my daughter out for a drive around the property in the Ram. And uh I think it was like 2014, 2015. And she she drove it, had fun doing it and stuff. I put a video up there and then ten minutes later Troy puts a video up of his daughter driving the minivan, like without him. Oh so gosh. With his, <laughs> she almost wrecked it, but she didn't. She, <laughs> I was right there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not doing that. 
Oh, you put the what you do is you put the car seat up there. <laughs> I just I just got one of those little mini trucks, you know, the JDM K trucks. So I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to letting her drive that around. Oh, that'll nice. be fun. That'll be fun. Nice. So you that'll start her in in RC cars. Yeah. Let me teach you the progression here. RC cars, <laughs> then go karts. Um. Now it's. Now, uh, don't you start with a sim? We're starting it's with Kate. the uh, the little uh, Fisher Price. You know, the little, oh, yeah. she's got a little Mercedes oh, yeah, yeah, and she yeah. drives yeah. around. Yeah, best selling yeah. car in the world. <clears throat> you got to throw the so, si- the sim race in there too. So good. Yeah, good. sim racing because that's how Kate started. They drove like the VW bus around uh, the Top Gear test track for a long time with oh, whatever awesome. racing game it was. So Chris, all right. So like you said, it takes it takes a ton of people to get to get a twenty four. We got a twenty four coming up here this weekend. Um, as you're, uh, you know, you're not racing this week this weekend. You're going to be helping us work, helping us with this. No, I'm I'm driving for another team this weekend. My oh. team is not racing, but I think four of us are driving for four different teams. Too cool. So, what would you be doing as a car owner right now? I mean, would you? You know, it's it's Tuesday. Assuming you've already got the car all fixed up, I'd be pa- I'd be panicking right now. I'd be <laughs> completely freaking out, panicking. What have I forgotten? You know, what haven't I? Last year it was brake pads, right? Last year I don't think I had brake pads until Thursday before the race. I had to mail order them off of eBay and ship them off to get them custom machined to fit. The year before that it was something else, um, drive shafts, I think. And I was scrambling to get those, so it's always something. I don't know what it is this year, you know. Tires probably, right? There's no hand. There's no hand yeah. cooks. So yeah. what are people going to use? Yeah, I mean it's it's. It... You start looking at those the the other tires, the ones that maybe at one point were the tire to have, that maybe you know aren't very fast, and then you start second guessing yourself: Should I pick the better one or the longer lasting one, or can I make it up? You know. I yeah. mean, the thing about the twenty four is you need to have all your info dialed in, right? What are your suspension settings? What are your gauge settings? Your RPM limits? You know, what are your tire pressures? You need to have all that completely dialed for the Hell's Front Porch temperature we're going to be dealing with this weekend. And if you suddenly throw in a different tire, all of that changes. You know, you could change your RPM at your shift points. You're going to change the way the car handles. You're going to change your suspension settings. Every tire behaves differently. So you got different tire pressures. So your whole book is completely out the window. So that would be terrible. Now this is something that happened this past weekend at at uh in in Denver was that um the temps were were pretty cool. Everybody was expecting really hot temps, but Sunday morning they were down at 60 degrees. And that had to change every you know, you're already a mile up you know, in altitude. And all of a sudden guys that were going almost 2 hours a day before weren't even coming close to that on oh, Sunday. Oh, cuz the tune yeah. yeah. So there, there's, there's that kind of stuff. So who knows what's going to happen? I'll, let's say, you know, this is Virginia. You know, it could be 105 degrees, 106 degrees on on Saturday when we start the race, and by the evening it's cooled down or it's raining. Oh, it's going to rain. You know, yeah. it's going to rain. Yeah, it always <laughs> does. And then you have the fact that uh, overnight you start getting that fog, which you know the the uh, humidity just is just insane sometimes. Or right there by the river. Be, or it could be 70 degrees all weekend and, you know, really nice, we hope. We hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. With a nice breeze. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. To get, the, to get the fog off the river from the Dan River, you know, to blow away. 
So, so um, Chris, are, yeah, go ahead. are you a checklist guy? I am a huge checklist guy. Okay, so so I I, I don't know if I need to call BS or not here because you've won four in a row at one point, and you said at this point on a Tuesday, if you were the t- team owner and you're taking your team, you'd be you'd be like like filling your shorts. How is someone who is a four-time consecutive winner of this 24-hour race still that anxiety-filled now after all that experience? You've got your checklist. You you should just check things off, drive out the door, put it on the trail, and get ready to go, right? It's always something new, right? Yeah. There's always the thing that's not on your checklist that gets you. You know, I don't stop panicking until we pull out of the driveway and head to the track. And the only reason I stopped panicking then is there's nothing else I can do, right? Yeah. Once the car's on the way to the track, I can't fix it anymore. I can't make any more changes. Yeah. It's like me when I go on vacation. We just went to Alaska for a week. And until I was sitting at the gate at the airport, I was like all amped up. I was like, something's going to go wrong. The, the car is not going to be here. I forgot my passport, you know, something. So until I was at the gate and I went, oh, okay, now it's all let over. Me, let me give you an example, right? Road Atlanta beginning of this year right we've had this wing on the car for i don't know seven years no no checklist item for checking the welds on the wing Mm. we get to road atlanta and one of my drivers just happens to put his hand on it and the whole thing is loose so in the trailer on the way to the track the wing had broken wow Wow. imagine if that had happened on the track on the outlap you know or or in a turn going into turn 10 so where's that (laughs) on my checklist you know aluminum fatigue Yeah. yeah Yeah, Good that's point. funny. Troy Troy used to walk up to my car every race and shake my wing like this. Yeah. I don't know why. I now, think most of it why. was just a... Yeah, well, because <laughs> he doesn't like you. To, yeah, he didn't like me. And the welds. He, he detests my welds. Right. So, you know, the bubblegum welds. And he would just do that every time. And technically, that was my check to make sure my welds were good. So, you know, they were so, good except... Yeah. PSA, check your aluminum. You know, especially if you DIY'd your wing. Yeah. That is interesting because it's even we we saw recently where even one of the major manufacturers wings broke on a car and just from the vibrations. Well, it's, just, it's aluminum, right? Aluminum. Oh yeah. Has a life cycle. You know, you put yeah. you put force into it. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to break. It's not like steel, where as long as you stay under the limit, it's never going to break. Right, right. So what do you do? You just you know cut it off, grind it, and have it re welded back on. I yeah, I was like five different places on was it friday at road atlanta trying to find a welder that i could use you know one place had a welder but no gas the other place had <laughs> gas but no mask the other place had no welding rods so yeah i had well, a welder at home and i looked at my teammate and said we're not gonna need this and i oh, put yeah. it away oh yeah <laughs> we needed it yeah or you bring the wrong gas yeah you know, yeah done that before yeah so so every four every 24 hour race is different uh, and, and i'm sure you remember every single one of them pretty clearly is there a bizarre thing that happened during each of the 24s that you remember that just popped up and like, where did that come from? And then you overcame it and kept going. Yeah, definitely. You know, let's see the big story. Was it two years ago was the fog when we had the red flag delay and there's no way we would have won that race without it. Cause we wouldn't have been able to finish on the brakes we had. Uh, okay. And so that led to my brake kit that I made. And I think, uh, was it last year? We had an engine that blew up, so we were down to one car. Nursed that one through. Year before when that, we. When did the uh, the chassis come apart on you? Or uh, that, that wasn't a twenty four. Oh, okay. We did get hit at a twenty four. Um, in the actually two years in a row, we got hit in the lower S's. Um, and one year 
we were able to fix it and the other year we drove with the car crooked for the rest of the race <laughs> oh yeah i do remember that what yeah the rear end was wasn't it the rear subframe or something was crooked or trailing arms or what breaks trailing on the arms. e30 yeah wow uh, you know you, you have to drop the if it's the pasture side the fuel filler has to come off so it has to be low on gas or you're going to spill gas everywhere and then on either side the brakes got to come off so unless you have those really high dollar brake disconnect no oh, yeah. bleed things then it's just like a two-hour job at the at the least you trust so, those i mean i wouldn't trust the ones that come off alibaba but i trust the ones that <laughs> the pro yeah. teams use yeah yeah i yeah. still I, yeah i and then, yeah, I, I, cause Troy and I looked at those years ago and I was just, you know, man, I don't know, you know, you're really risking somebody's life on this stuff. And then, like you said, the, the, the ones that were mega bucks that the pros were using just, you know, they were huge money. At it's time. like a thousand dollars to do just the rear of my car. Cause you need yeah. six fittings, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They make it look like they're really cheap until you start adding up all the stuff you need. It's like, holy crap. And and they're only American threads, so you got to convert. Yeah. So you got more fittings in the system. It just, I don't want to change any trailing arms. I used to bring them to the track. I don't bring them anymore, especially at the 24. I don't bring basically any major spare parts. No transmissions, no differentials, no drive shafts, none of that stuff. Because if it breaks, we're done. You're done. Yeah. 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 They're so tight now. There used to be a time in our series when <laughs> you could be down for, you know, a whole stint and come back and win the race. Cause that's how that's how tough it was on some of these guys that just didn't prepare for the race or they didn't know how to prepare i mean the 24 is the best race to do that because you have the longest time to overcome that you know right. that deficit so for sure keep digging because you could be an hour down and easily make that up yeah so yep. for your 24-hour wins did you lead flag to flag in any of them or or did you come from behind or was it a combination Hmm. Maybe last year we led the most out of any of them. Um, most of the time we came, I know the race usually comes to you sometime in the middle of the night. Right. Um, a lot of the really fast cars will end up having mechanicals or make driver mistakes in the middle of the night and they'll be in the paddock or behind the wall um, trying to overcome that. And then you start pulling ahead. So, you know, like the Rockwell cars, they always take off super fast. You know, Visceral's car, they're faster than us, but they eventually make a mistake or break. That's the complexion of a lot of 24-hour races. It's very right. rare that someone starts off the pole, leads the first lap, never gives it up for any huge amount of time during the race, right. other than maybe during a couple of pit stops. That is just the that is just very much the exception to the rule when it comes to an well, endurance race like well, that. Well, that was Simon Says, too. Simon Says was hardly ever at the top. I mean, they were within the, the top five towards the end of the race and then boom all of a sudden they were winning the same with our bank you know when they when they were not just the 20 at other 24-hour races they were you know within they were in touch they could see the leader and then come to the you know the final hour or so that's when these teams just all of a sudden pounced and simon um, was like my my mentor i would say you know like tower and rob and right. Mike, those guys are, they're super nice, super friendly. And when I started in champ car, they were on their streak of, you know, 24 wins and other wins. And so I just watched them. I talked to them, you know, how are you guys doing this? What are you doing? You know, just mimicked what they were doing and talked to my team. Like, look at what these guys do. They're like the Icemen of champ car. You know, they're never dominating, but they're never making any mistakes. They're just solid lap after lap. Every driver is always 
right where they need to be. They're consistent. They're conservative. They're not putting the car where it doesn't belong, avoiding that vortex of danger, you know, and that's what we tried to do. And it's a Wait formula a for success. Wait a second. Let's please, go back to something you please said. No, please J don't. J Jason Tower, a nice guy. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were, I thought <laughs> well, you were this, going back this, to Vortex of Danger. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, I, I was stuck on Jason Tower. He wanted to beat me up at a race. Well, he has his faults, <laughs> but everybody does. But you and deserve we shook hands after. We're, we're, we're at, yeah, well, and you deserved he, it. <laughs> oh, he did not like the MR2. He wanted the MR2 out. He wrote a fake letter. He wrote this letter to the, the board one time. I don't think he knows I know who did it, but. You know, he's an IT guy. I'm an IT guy. I was able to find out exactly where he was from, but he left all his IPs in the email. But he, uh, he emailed it from work. He but, wasn't uh, trying that hard to hide from you then. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Well, I don't think he thought John would send it to Mike who would then send it to me. <laughs> Is this true? It's like, hell no, not even close. So, but um, yeah, he, <laughs> uh, he, when we, I think, think it was our second place we finished at VIR 12 hour. And uh, yeah, he was in my trailer and, we were ready to go at it right there. And uh, my son's 13th birthday. That was fun. So, yeah. So Jason's, Jason's a competitor. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So how often did your strategy at the start of the race play through for the entire 24 hours? Because when I've done 24-hour races and, and longer endurance races, I kind of find that I reset every three hours. And, you know, looked at where we were on the track, we were on fuel, how things were going, have we had any problems? And usually with about eight to 10 to go, eight to 10 hours to go, I'm now locked in on how we're getting to the finish. Is that kind of how you find it works out for you typically? There's always some point in the race where like the shoe drops, you know, the, the impact happens or, you know, we have a tire go down or when the rain starts to come, that changes everything or the fog, you know, that really threw a wrench into the strategy. So I don't think there's been a single one where we've... Yeah nailed the two hour strategy the whole way through and not had to do something crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so what tools do you go to a 24? Um, what, what tools do you not leave at home to go to a 24? What's, what are the most the important tools you take? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always bring yeah. the welder. Yeah. You, you and, mean, any, you... and, and any welder will do even the cheapest of the, uh, um welders at at lowe's or wherever some some home depot store you know at least you can get it patched together nls's welder has gone around the paddock oh multiple times multiple times <laughs> they've gone through bottles of gas yeah thanks guys yeah <laughs> uh if you do it right you shouldn't need any tools of the 24 oh, yeah. right you put oil in you you fill it up with the air and fill it up with fuel and you're good uh, anything more than a wrench or a or a hammer or something to fix some small body damage and you're, you're looking at trouble. And you're so, not changing tires, right? If all, Unless you get a flat, right? We have, the only time we've changed tires to the 24 is because of rain. Right, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It used to be we only ran the, the Hankooks and I think yeah. the first two 24s, even, when rain, even with rain, we just stayed on the Hankooks and then we got the, uh, the rain tires and we started the race a couple of years ago with rain tires and immediately dried out. We had to come in and change and that put us in the very back of the field. So starting off on the wrong foot, that was a bad call on my part, you know? Right. So is it, is it, you know, it's funny cause you talk about the rain tires. Remember, remember that really bad rain we had, I think it was 2014 at 24. Well, there's, there's been a couple 2014 was my first 24 and I remember changing yeah. a control arm in the paddock with, water you know coming Waves. in my nose i'm laying on <laughs> yeah. the ground 
Yeah. And then I jumped right in the car with completely soaked and drove for two hours. That yeah. that was my introduction to the 24. That's and then, it. But, but, you know, I brought, I bought rain tires, you know, the, the continental, whatever. And we never used them because the Derezas actually seemed to work for us pretty well. But when, how do you know when to put on rain tires? I mean, when, when do you do, when do you make that decision? It, it depends on what tires you have. Uh, but the ones we use are the Continentals, I think. Yeah. Um, they have to, it has to be actively raining. So you have to know that for the least two hours or an hour and a half or whatever, it's going to be actively raining. As soon as the rain stops coming down, they start to get greasy. They start to overheat. They and, and the car actually with the body lean, they're so much bigger than the factory size or the normal size we run that when you get that grip from the dry track, the car will start to rub into the sidewalls oh. and you'll end up hurting the tire. Right. So, okay. So rain tires, so pick your tires. So any other tools that you would recommend bringing to a 24 that you wouldn't normally bring to like a regular race? Extra people. Ooh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Bottle. Hydration, a cook, you know, calling your mom into coming and cooking food for you, which is what I do every year. And she she has fun doing it though. Oh she yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's into it now. It's awesome. Um, that, that's really, uh, the team I'm racing with this weekend, they were planning on going out for fuel runs every couple hours. And I'm like, dudes, I'm bringing fuel jugs, you know, yes. but like barrels because yeah. that's just brutal. You know, yeah. um, your headlight aim is super critical. Um, one thing a lot of people don't think about or complain about a lot, especially if they haven't done nighttime before is the glare from the cars behind you and knowing that depth perception. Um, so my trick is to put tape on my visor I don't, if you raise with the visor down you put it at the top if you raise with visor up you put it at the bottom and you can kind of adjust it like a sun visor to block the mirror um, some guys run like strips of tape across the back window to even cut down that glare even more uh, you need to get that dialed in before the race so what we would do is it's a little easier in the mr2 because you have that that uh, notch back so you had a flat window back there and we would just take a cut of a um, tent. window tent yep. yeah and just at when the day was, you know, when the sun was going down, we come in, you know, for the last pit stop before night, squirt some soapy water on it, put that thing on, you know, put it on there and it sticks and the the heat from the engine dries it like that. Now it might get a little foggy or bubbly or whatever, but it's not bad. And uh, it does stop the glare big time. And we would throw a, a strip or two on the mirrors too. So on the side mirrors. That's another and, good uh, tip, yeah. Yeah, and that that worked really well. And then at the end of the race, you just peel it off, wash it, you know, wash off the glue. But um, you can also get the temporary stuff too that you you can buy it like AutoZone or whatever that's temporary and it just peels off. But I, I didn't have good luck with that on the Lexan, so we used the Lexan window behind us. But on the glass yeah. mirrors, it worked great. You can also do that on your mirror. On yeah, the inside mirror. Yeah, yeah the, yep. the inside. mirror. We make so. sure that is kind of loose-ish so you mm -hmm. can adjust it as you need at night. It's, you know, like uh, in your car, you got the little switch you can flip, right. but you don't have that right. with a wink mirror or a convex one. How about all the uh, the lighty things on your dash and, you know, your your computers and your, your flagtronics and everything? How do you keep, you know, people don't realize how much glare there is on that front window when you don't have a dash in the car or you just have all this stuff sitting on the dash. Yeah, that really bit us a couple times. Um, you know, I put those like LED, like the dummy lights that say, oh, yeah. you know, you know, your oil pressure's low or whatever. And, you know, when you go through a turn, sometimes it flashes at you. Well, I had this super bright red light, like 
don't miss this, you dummy. And at night when that hits you, you couldn't see for like seconds afterwards. So I kind of driver came in, I sharpied over it, you know, that didn't work. So I stuck a piece of tape over Mm -hmm. it, you know, trying to stop it from hurting you. Um, you know, now we got the aim dash. So I have it set up where you push a button and it makes the screen go from white to red. And I push that before we go into the night because red is better for your night vision. Right. Right. Um, then we have a battery powered lights that stick up on the roof. So when you're doing a driver change, you can see where the belts are and they're red and red again is my favorite night vision color. Some people like green or blue or whatever, but I like red. Yeah, we used blue. It kind of annoyed me, but the other guys liked it. So I was, and that there. helps with your, like, well, I have one car that has a clock in it that tells you how long mm-hmm. you've been in the car for your stint. The other car doesn't have that clock. Um, I just too lazy to do it, I guess. And so all it has is a regular clock on the dash, which isn't backlit. So at night you can't see right. what time it is or how long you've been in the car. So you have to flick the lights on then you can see what time it is and flick them back off. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. For the, know. for the pit guys, I have the same lights under the hood. So you can see when you're checking the oil, looking at the belts, all that jazz. Do you it's, write little notes on the car? Like what things should be, you know, like uh, the, the bolt torque on this should be this, you know, the tire pressure should be that, the, the, the belt, you know, you throw a fan belt, you know, what, what how, how does the fan belt route through your, you know, your, front serpentine stuff or whatever you use on the front yeah we have an old car it's only got one belt it just goes three places (laughs) you can't figure that out you can't miss it yeah you can go be on bill's team (laughs) yeah we have a little uh pictogram on the intake manifold of where the oil level should be Uh, but one thing we found out is that it's better to have one person check the oil every single time Uh, so with two with two cars we have a crew chief for each car and they try to be there at every stop to check the oil. And if the oil has changed, they remember it from the last stop. It's in their fresh memory. So even though we got the pictogram to remind them, you know, they just need to, how's it doing over time? Yeah. We also put the, uh, the firing order, even though it's a standard firing order, the guy checking it may not know, it, you know, I, I don't, I'm as a child of the new age. What's a why, firing why? order? What is that? Oh yeah. Firing how does that order, help that's you? Right. <laughs> So They're not driving an opal, Bill. Well, we even put it on. No, because the spark. Well, yeah, because I guess you have coil on plug, <laughs> well, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you know, you, thinking Chris. about that, I, I don't even know that. why I did. Wait, wait. Why did I even put the firing order on my damn hood? What? How is that going to help you? Yes, I never thought about that. <laughs> Jeez. Thanks, Chris. Like, I, I guess that helps you put the spark plug wires in the right spot. There were no spark go plug wires. Finally, it goes in one place. Yes, and, you know, because the, the harness comes and you can't you can't move it. Yeah, thanks, Chris. <laughs> I feel stupid, man, because it's like. Well, this is a record, remember, though. Bill. I just remember thinking how smart how how smart I was putting the firing order on the on the hood and. Wait, y'all write that yeah. down. Bill Strong yeah, I, said I, he was I, I stupid. Was well, no, yeah. the, the, it's a record. We've gotten twenty nine minutes into the show before Bill <laughs> Bill said I'm stupid. So I'm stupid, man. God. <laughs> Usually, I get there first. Like I'm, now I'm trying to think how many guys walked away laughing. <laughs> like, well, at least now you know why they walked away laughing. Because yeah. they always walked away laughing. Well, yeah, true. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Just tell people they're your lottery numbers. Yes. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are the dates your ch- your children were born, you know? Yeah, that's my password. Damn it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's, let's pretend, Chris, there's a first-time team coming to the 24. Not a first-time team, but a first-time team going to a 24. 
It's Tuesday. There's only so much you can do between now and when you pull pull out of the house or wherever the car is. What what are you telling people? What what what's your advice? Bring about twice as much water as you think. Mm. Um, water for the car or water for the team? For people. No, water for the team, yeah. for the people. Some of those um, energy, what are the powders you dump in? The yep. Electrolytes? Iterate, yeah, electrolyte powders. You know, Just make sure you stay on top of your hydration, um, especially as you get tired, right? Um, your crew, whatever that may be, even if it's just your, your drivers, you guys need to have a set schedule of when this person is supposed to sleep. Because one thing I promise is that at the beginning of the race, Everybody on your team is going to be there watching it happen. Your pit box is going to be completely full of people. You're not going to be able to breathe. And then about two in the morning, suddenly all those hundred people yeah. that were there are going to be completely missing. Yeah. And you need to have a pit stop and you can't find a single person to dump fuel in your car. And yeah. what do you do then, right? So you need to have a set schedule so that somebody goes to bed early and sure they're going to miss some of the race, but they need to be, you know, well rested at two in the morning so they can be awake to notice that your lug nuts are about to fall off and retighten them before they send you back out on track. And that is so true. And whatever you wear under your driver's suit, take multiple sets of that. If you wear Nomex, if you wear a t-shirt, whatever you wear under, because there's nothing, nothing worse than doing your stint. You come out, especially in Virginia in August, you're going to come out of the car disgusting. And then, Two or four or six hours later, you got to get back in, and whatever that layer is against your skin is still sweaty and disgusting. So, you got to put that wet, cheap. cool shirt yeah. back on. Oh, exactly. I just leave it on for the. I slept in it last year. It's just brutal to get off when it's miserable like that. It just right. sticks to you, and you can't get it. Yeah, you start ripping it as you pull it off. Yeah. So, Hopefully, Champ Car still got that big uh, cool shirt yeah. thing they put by the by the flag building or wherever. Oh, let me message. Uh, Jimmy, now just to make certain, because we did take it to the last race, and because uh, we haven't used it in quite a while. Yeah, I'm we're gonna need to figure out how we're gonna coordinate all this again too, because you know Champ Car has changed around the way they do the paddock and that north, um, you know, timing building is no longer the hub. Um, you know, the downstairs is now the EMS room, so we can't be in there. I think we do it in tech, which so is the, where, yeah. the tech shed. Yeah, the tech shed. That's where everything's gonna be. Yeah. For Dana, yeah, we've already had our email from our staff. So, so good stuff, good stuff. So, um, oh, make ahead. sure you have a plan to get home too, because that I mean, I live an hour from VIR, and that's the worst drive. That's the worst part of the whole race is trying to take my, you know, regular truck and trailer that one hour drive home that I've made seven hundred times. I know how to get there in my sleep. And I'm stopping, you know, walking around the truck, eating a snack, you know, one chip at a time. <laughs> yeah, I tried to drive somewhat back from uh, Palm Beach one year after a 24-hour. And I thought I'd get to, like, maybe Cape Canaveral. I was heading back towards Atlanta. And I got about an hour and 20 minutes outside of West Palm. And I was like, no, no, sorry. I got to find a hotel. This was stupid. So, this- can I probably okay if you're flying in and doing a arrive and drive and you right. plan on getting good eight hours of sleep but if you're part of a you know a low budget team that's everybody's on deck all the time and you're going to be up all night or you're like me and just can't sleep when your cars are out there making laps just just there's no way i'd make it any farther than an hour yeah i drove i drove home it's hour and a half to get to my house and uh COVID. remember covid 
that thing where that year that uh yeah we had no money in the accounts because we had to pay for another race coming up i think it was indy and basically chiswick called me and says no hotel tonight so i had to drive home basically and Oof. i fell asleep at every stop sign <laughs> i i honestly Honk. think yeah i honestly think i fell asleep multiple times and it was a, i got home and it's like how freaking stupid was i yeah, that, that's Again. when I just pull over on the side of the road for an yeah. hour and find a gas station and and uh, there's no there's no um there's no honor in not no I know there isn't there <laughs> to so. get yourself back together. I'd hate to yeah. you know have a team that got through the whole weekend with the car undamaged and everybody had a great time and then they end yep. up totaling their stuff on the way home. Yep. So just yep. don't, don't underestimate that. Yeah, right. No, question. and you may feel good when you leave the track because you're still on the. Uh, you're yeah, floating adrenaline. on that yeah. adrenaline oh, yeah. high. Yeah, the endorphins are still it. flowing. Yeah, and it takes and then, about 20 minutes for boom. that to go away. <laughs> Once you oh, my left. God. It's like as soon as you hit the McDonald's going to 29, Route 29, you know, yeah. from, the, you know from the track, it's like, whoa, how, how did I get here? I get yeah. to about Roxborough, and I'm like, okay, where am I now? Yeah. So if you were driving a mini, maybe blue, <laughs> the little wing on the back, what would be your strategy? around vir um use the skinny pedal on the right okay and, and don't let bill drive <laughs> oh he's on man are you getting to drive this weekend yeah. yeah i'm gonna drive one of the first stints not the first stint but uh i think the second second or third stint i'm driving for the uh, Wittenauer f-class team nice i'm so. sure uh, mr <laughs> foster gave you a nice walk around of the track you're driving last week. The yes third he did stint, actually bill yeah well i've i kind of know that track too but i did learn a couple of things uh, from Mr. Foster. Yes. So did. that was interesting. Mainly it was about looking for little signs on the track. I didn't know about that. So a little, um, a little bird has told me you're driving the third stint. Third stint. Yeah, third I just stint. saw that there. So we'll have a camera in that car. So uh, live camera. Um, I think uh, we also have one in. Oh, he messaged me the other day. It's a team that does quite well with when they have cameras in the car. So we're going to put one in his. Um, all right. So Foster gave us a walk around last week. What is your, what's your, 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 everybody has a favorite, but what's your worst corner at VIR? And you're there a lot. So what is, what is the hardest corner for you to, to get? The hardest corner is Oak tree. It's the scariest corner. Cause it has the least runoff on the whole track. Yeah, it does. That's true. And camber change and braking change and it's also got a huge vortex of danger that is so hard not to get sucked into on both sides, right? People, yeah, come, you come out of turn 10, you're all the way track right. And I tell people to aim for, as like a multiple sign, um, you aim for the beginning of it, right? Puts you kind of track left. Well, people are going to want to get on the left and you're coming over and boom, they push you off into the grass and you can't stop and you're in the tires. Yeah. Or you wait and you try to pass on the inside and they cut back to the right because that's the way the line goes as you're entering the turn. Then boom contact and your car's upside down so yeah yeah is we that had that happened which corner or which section at vir is is so different at night than during the day you can't see them so you don't know where they're at <laughs> i i love racing at night that was my yeah. you know my one real ask for the team i'm racing with is you know let me drive that like two to four a.m stint like that's my favorite stint the car the track's the coldest the air is the coldest you're going to get, you know, that's when it's time to go fast and I can drive that place with my eyes closed. So it's hard for me to say what's different at night. Yeah. Um, 
it really depends on, I guess, the lighting, right? You know, I guess turn three is pretty challenging at night because it's hard to find the apex and you don't want to, I kind of bait you into trying to turn in too soon. And then you hit the inside curb and it really upsets you. Um, other than that, it's all about the same, you know, turn 10 is still as blind as it is in the daytime. So no difference yeah. there. Yeah. I love the dark into daylight stint. I like sitting up on the, uh, the snack bar on the roof as the sun's coming up. That's where you'll find me mm-hmm. Sunday morning. There you go. Watching the sunrise over turn one, taking pictures. I'm trying to figure out where the moon phase is. <laughs> so, Bill, should we talk to Chris a little bit about Champ Car stuff other than to 24 hours since we've got the VP yeah, of the Quarter on? Well, it's a waning gib- gibbies or whatever it's called. What does that mean in English, three, please? <laughs> three quarter full moon, three quarter full moon. Not full, I guess. Three quarter half empty. <laughs> three quarter. So, empty. so is it going to be dark or light? It's going to be lighter. So that's the other thing to talk about. If you've never done the twenty four, and you're used to driving at night, you know, if unless you live out where Bill lives in the country, if you're a city boy like me, you know, you don't recognize what night is because oh, yeah. there's street lights everywhere, and there's a difference in like Road Atlanta at night and VIR at night because Road Atlanta has the bridge and they have paddock lights and right. it's really not that bad at Road Atlanta at night. There's plenty of light. I think even Road Atlanta has those construction light things that they just have at the track all the time. The champ car doesn't pay for those at VIR anymore. VIR mm-hmm. dark at night is country dark at night. You have no light other than what your car puts out on the track. Yeah. And if you're not used to that, it's a huge change. And you need to make sure that your headlights are properly aimed. You know, I, I tell people to favor your apex lights because that's the ones you need, right? If you're going down the straightaway and you you, you kind of want to see way out in front of you, you know, on the, on the regular highway, you want to make sure there's no deer or children running across the road or whatever. But at the racetrack, you're going so fast that it doesn't really matter if there was a deer running out. You're not going to be able to stop anyway. And right. you know where the racetrack is when you're going straight. It's when you're turning that you don't know where the racetrack is and you need to know where the racetrack is. So turn those lights way out, crab them out, you know, almost 45 degrees or more. So you can see those apexes so you can not get yourself in trouble, you know, missing a turn. Well, the other thing too at VIR is you, you do have a couple of landmarks that you can watch for. One being the after turn four or five is the hotel. You have those lights that you can use as landmarks and kind of line up your car in certain spots. And then you have the, um, the condos at the top of the going up the S's. So you, that helps you out a right. little bit. Um, after that, you're pretty much on your own. <laughs> well, like, and in VIR <laughs> with the fog on many nights, you don't even get oh, to take advantage nothing. of the full moon or a fuller moon. Yeah. Um, right. you know, cause in, in, in the sticks oh. where I grew up and when there's a full moon, you can walk outside and pretend like you don't even need a headlamp, yeah. you know? Well, the other thing too is that you you could be full sunlight at Oak Tree, everything's great, and then you get down over, um, over going down a roller coaster, and all of a sudden it's just a fog bank, right. and you can't see nothing. You'll go under turn one and fog, fog, and then as soon as you get up to the uphill S's, it's gone. It's turn one low, is where the fog will be because that's where yeah, the lowest part of the track is, and that's where it's closest to the river. So it's great it's sketchiest there. there. Yeah, I got some great pictures there last year. I'm going to yeah, try and do one, that again. One on the cover of our rule book. Yep, yep. I'm going so to get that a little better. 
other thing to talk about is the flag stations and yes. the light boards. So we have great Flagtronics light boards, and it's less of a problem now that we have the Flagtronics in everybody's car, which those are great. Um, but not all the flag stations are going to be manned for the whole race. Some of the flag stations will be unmanned during the darkness hours. Right. And so, and even the ones that are manned, they could be holding a flag out there, and you're not going to be able to see them. The only thing you can see is those light boards, and they don't have 17 colors in the light boards. They got green, yellow, and red, or I don't even, they don't, probably don't even have green. Yeah, they do. So you got to yeah. Yeah, train you your just, mind to, yep, to understand like it's different. Right? You're not going to be able to see a waving yellow flag. It's going to be a flash, 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 flash. That's waving yellow. And then right. both of them solid is your solid yellow. You'll get your purple 35, I believe. That's why. Um keeping that flagtronics working is so important, especially at night. Um, if, if it just suddenly shuts off or something, come into the pits and have them look at it real quick because it is, we have guys watching that flagtronics, completely watching it, focused on that, and if a car goes off, it lets us know, and we can respond pretty quickly. And at VIR, things can happen really, really fast because the speeds are really high. You can get yourself into trouble really quickly, and the quicker we can get safety out to you, the, the better it's going to be for you. So really, really important. And on that note, we do have a Flagtronics update that we're going to have to apply. It's a mid-year update. Um, if you guys remember, there were times when you'd go, come up to a, you know, we were under code 35 and you come up to a corner and the corner worker put out the yellow flag because that's kind of where the incident is and your Flagtronics unit would turn yellow. Well, what does that mean? It means accelerate up to whatever speed, right, Chris? Yeah, it means go. Race hammer, yeah. hammer down. Hammer down. So, uh, and then, boom, you get caught for speeding or whatever. And uh, so this this fix fixes that. The flagger can throw whatever yellow, but your Flagtronics is going to stay purple. They can sit there pressing the button all they want. It will stay purple. So um, that's hopefully that will keep people out of black flag and help you, you know, stay safe. That's, um, a, that's a key for this long race, you know. Any mistake, don't get, don't get caught in black flag. You don't want to be down there talking to Jimmy. Nope. He's not going to be happy at two in the morning and he does not have ice cream for you. <laughs> nope. And, and the, and the thing is, his his country gets worse when he's tired. <laughs> and, and the vortex of danger gets twice as big at night. Yeah. People yeah. are so scared. You know, if they haven't driven at night before, just imagine your first time at night, right? Yeah. You don't know where the track is. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to be kind of cautious and you're definitely not looking in your mirror. So you have to be extra cautious at night. You got to use your hear your, your hearing every sense you have the spidey sense everything you got to use them at night um one thing that we did is we always had a little flat you know those uh harbor freight flashlights to give away free or for a buck or whatever we had a bunch of those in the car just in case and i'll tell you what those came in handy sometimes when you're driving and you're trying to fix something you know a switch or or fuse or you're you know something happens out in the track you can't see you know you get that little keep it in in the uh within a few inches of the driver so he can pull it out, turn it on and see what the problem is. He can maybe fix something out there, get going again. Um, Aren't you the one that had the driver plugged into like a cell phone so they could call back in when their wheel fell off? So we did, we had two radios. Um, one that was attached to the car, you know, that hardwired in and then a handheld. So if the wheel did fall off him while he, you know, while they're loading up the car or whatever, you know, they get you out of the car or whatever. And you can't get on the radio, so he takes a radio with him, and he could, hey, get a hub ready, get this or that ready, or, hey, the, the tire's flat. 
um, help. Or your radio just quits. At least you have a secondary backup radio. But you can. You, you know, I never did the cell phone. I, I think, some, oh, that was uh, one of our racers that I think um, at Sebring did that a bunch of years ago. They put a uh, cell phone on their car. They, I guess the car died. They pulled it behind turn six, or turn 16 wall. And uh, they did diagnosis over the cell phone. She got it going and pulled back out on track and started racing again. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. And you can do that with an old cell phone, even a flip phone. So the other thing is old drivers. So I'm 60, I'll be 61 this year. Brian's going to be what? 38. Me? Um, yeah. You're so and, nice. Why yeah. are you nice to me? What, 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 what are you going to ask me to do for <laughs> free, Bill? <laughs> so, you know, you, you have older drivers. Chris, your dad's my age. Um, maybe a bit younger, but we're about the same age. It's harder for us to drive at night. Our eyes right. don't adjust to the darkness as quick and uh, depth perception is not always the best and, and stuff like that. So, you know, one of the things I always suggested is put your young drivers in at night, you know, the older drivers in during the day. Less chance Absolutely. of screwing up, you know. Tim That's Elliott, definitely he's how like I did the driver order is young guys at night. And I tried yeah. to, you know, put myself at night over and over again just because I enjoy it, right? It's our only yeah. opportunity. But also I'm generally the younger end of my team. Well, and, and ask your drivers what they like to do. Yeah. I mean, you might not know, but you might have a driver who loves being at night or loves being in the rain or, you know, fill in the blank and, and be ready to, to shake up your order if some situation comes up where, you know, it rains and you've got, you've got your rainmeister or you've got someone like Chris who loves driving at night. So, you know, plan your, your driving stints around that kind of stuff. In 2017, it had a huge downpour too, and we'd gotten hit, and broken a trailing arm, and we were well out of the race. Wyatt Foster and I, back and forth, back and forth for the whole night, and it came pouring down rain about I don't know two in the morning, and he made up like three laps on the whole field, and I made up like two laps on the whole field. You know, we were coming for well in the back. We finished out of the podium, but that was amazing experience. Yeah. Very now. Cool. Also, you know, smoking, guys that smoke, that can affect their night vision as well. That's what pilots say, at least, fighter pilots. Um, so your, you know, watch the use of cigarettes. Your your caffeine intake, too. Um, oh, yeah. If right. you're not, you know, you, you don't want to, like, completely shut off caffeine, but you need to think about that as you approach this weekend because your sleep schedule is going to be completely changed around. Um, the other thing to think about is, you know, if you are going to go to sleep early, like I plan on going to sleep at 8 o'clock and getting up around midnight, in order to drive a 2 a.m. stint, mm -hmm. um, give yourself 45 minutes or so after you're supposed to stop sleeping in order to get going again. You don't want to wake up and then jump in the car because your body's not going to be awake. Your eyes are going to be open, but you're still going to be half asleep. So you need to have a period of time to get yourself woken up and get yourself going again, especially at an odd hour. Well, I also have a little bit of food too. Yeah, and expect you to not. If you're someone who like usually hits the pillow and you're out like a light, like I am, um, that may not happen at a racetrack at eight o'clock at night when you're going to bed at a time that you're not normally happening, you know? So it might take you an hour to fall asleep if you fall asleep at all. Um, you know, and, and think about, um, you know, earplugs to, to try to take out some of that track noise while you're trying to sleep. Lots of little, little tricks you can do. Yeah. The, no um, the noise silent or the sound silencing or whatever, you know, those. Yep. If you're in one of those garage rooms where yeah. they're right on the track, boy, it's going to be so loud in there. It yeah. was so I was I had one last year and it wasn't that bad because I 
the repetitive noise helps me fall asleep. Yeah. So that's, you know, yeah, so I, that, that helped me, but I know a lot of people, it's just, they can't, they can't deal with that. I, I used to sleep on the open trailer in the paddock at, at the racetrack. So that's what we did. The noise doesn't bother me so much, but I know some people it does a lot. I find it to be soothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like rocking a baby to sleep. So I'll be sleeping yeah, just, in the back of my wagon. Yeah. But the mo- the most important thing is stay hydrated. We've had a lot of people, I can count more than two handfuls of people that I know personally that got hurt um, because of being dehydrated. I'm one of them, and everybody's heard the story, so I'm not going to repeat it, but um, stay hydrated because you, and notice what happens when you are dehydrated. If you start making bad decisions in the car, even as a team owner, watch your, or as a team captain or crew chief or just a guy on the team, if you notice one of your drivers or somebody else just making stupid mistakes, mistakes they wouldn't normally make, um, going off multiple times, you know, during their stint, check on them, right. you know, radio them. And don't be afraid of, you know, don't be all manly and, you know, you're allowed to be a, um, um, a sissy boy, you know. Yeah. You're well, allowed I, to in a, in a 24. Um, call it a day if you have to. I got carbon carbon monoxide poisoning oh, in a race. Right. That's, that's right. no joke. And that can, you know, permanently that, that affect you. That was at Ozarks, you. wasn't it? That was at Ozarks. Yeah. And, yeah. and I crashed the car, you yeah. know, and, and I knew it was happening to me, but I wasn't quick enough to figure it out. Right. And I, I did I did do two extra laps after that, trying to let them have time to get another driver ready, but I really shouldn't have, you know? It's just right. not worth it. I could have ended the race. Yeah, I was so lucky I didn't hurt the car worse than I did. Right. Somebody just mentioned hallucinating. I, I drove across the country one time, and I swear I saw dinosaurs crossing this crossing <laughs> uh, Route Four or uh, Interstate Forty. And they weren't just regular dinosaurs; they were the Flintstone dinosaurs. Hey, Bill. So yeah, those magic mushrooms. You probably should cut back <laughs> on those a little bit. No, okay. I, I tried driving across country by myself. Yeah, nonstop. Yeah, that was like a bad thing to do. You know, and 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 when you're making your crew assignments, assign somebody the job to make sure people are hydrated. To, to yeah. keep tabs on, you know, asking people, have you drank enough? Are you doing enough? Have you taken a little bit of rest? Have you eaten enough? Um, and, and kind of, my mom played that role. You know, I used to call her the den mom. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the perfect, you know, if you've got one, uh, you know, a spouse, a kid, you know, somebody, just make sure that's their job to kind of try to keep tabs on it. And um, it's really helped because we don't think about that. We're all, we're all in the game, right? Yeah. So and that, I I think the final the final thing we'll we'll ask Chris is Chris, you probably have the most experience of this of any racer in Champ Car at the twenty four. When you get out of that car and I shove that microphone in your face, what are you gonna say? I got no idea. I never, <laughs> exactly. I, never I never have. <laughs> That is, I've been, every time you come and talk to me, I've been for the last two hours panicking my head, you know, yeah. as the car owner at the last of the race, you're like, what's that noise? Yes. You know, did I, did I, what did I have for breakfast this morning? You know, is yeah. the tire going to fall off? You know, what's I hope that I, noise? What's that noise? I hope I gap the pistons noise? ring properly, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did it, did it just detonate? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Anything but what you should be thinking about. Your mind yeah. is just wandering. You're seeing those dinosaurs in the outside of turn 15. Why is that fuel level sender doing this? It's been doing that the whole race. But suddenly now it's a major problem. Yeah, it's when it stops doing that 
over here, yeah. that's yeah. when you have to be worried. <laughs> yeah. Has it moved? Why is it still on full? I know I've done two hours. You know, yeah. Those little things just really, really just. Well, yeah. and it's. And, you, you almost don't. And that's only from the one race I've won. For, so. for whatever reason, the 24 has <laughs> always, you know, it's been. I mean, I guess I say fortunate, but you know, we've, yeah. it's never been like down to the wire in the four that we've won. It's always been a pretty large gap that we've just been maintaining, and that's the hardest because when you're when you're trying to chase someone down or someone's chasing you down, and all you can think about is driving, you don't worry about any of that. You just send it, you know, whatever yeah. you know. You're banging gears and you're redlining it. You're not worried about blowing the motor. You're I'm going to win this race or yeah. I'm going to lose this race, and I'm gonna go home on the wrecker. But yeah. when the cars three laps behind you and you're just trying to nurse it home that's when you hear all that and your mind yeah. can't focus and that's when you're most most likely to make a mistake you know yep. my my guys are always on the radio to me like just get in your groove you know don't go too slow you're going to make a mistake just run your normal race just be easy but don't go too slow you got to keep going you got to keep racing yeah there you go well that's uh that gets well, us wait to wait who are you driving for this weekend chris bulldog racing okay so that's, Another, what, that's the E30 with the big bulldog on the hood, right? It is, yes. Yeah, white and right. blue. Yes. It's got a nice engine swap in it. And yeah. what that's do you guys normally race? Part. What what are your cars? Uh, E30s. Okay. I got an uh, orange one with the engine swap and a white one with arrow. All right. So you're not learning a new car this weekend. You're just getting into someone else's E30. I'm getting into Old Faithful. There you go. There you go. All right. Anything else, Bill, before we let Chris go? Nah, we'll that's have it. You on we'll for see another you this time weekend, to talk Chris, about and, champ cars. And good stuff. luck. And I'll wave at you as I pass you in the little mini. Yeah, I'll be up in your booth talking on the radio, okay, I'm sure. Cool, I got plenty of time and not cool. much to worry about this weekend. So cool. Cool. Nice. Nice. Guys, thanks for having me back. I really hey, appreciate thanks, it. Chris. Good luck, everybody, this weekend. All right. So, Bill, we've got some post race stuff from. Yeah. From, from uh, where were we? High Plains. High Plains. So, uh, f folks, um, this is only going to be the winners. So, from now on, we're only going to show the first place from each race. Um, I will post up tomorrow. I didn't get a chance to finish the editing for the full interviews. Your full interviews will be on champcar.live tomorrow, um, probably mid afternoon. Uh, I also have to go get the t shirts. Uh, for the VIR 24 and a bunch of other stuff I have to do tomorrow for Champ Car. So I will have them up for you. Trust me. But here are the winners from Saturday, 8-hour at uh, High Plains, and Sunday's 8-hour at High Plains, which, trust me, you want to go to this track next year. It is amazing. Go ahead, Brian. Down here with JC and Kruger Tuned Racing. Uh, awesome race, but why did your brother get FTD? Because he's faster than me. And he's my cousin. cousin. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's well, you never know where you guys are from. Right, now I know. Brand new tires, cold track, a lot more grip. Brand new tires, you know, the air temperature is low, he had more horsepower, he had more grip. As it got hotter during the day, we had to sacrifice not to hurt the car. Well, you're also at altitude, so there's probably less wind resistance. Well, that helped us and also uh, hurt us because it doesn't give us much uh, downforce on the wing. So uh, how was it out there today? That was pretty fantastic. It's a great car, handled really well. I uh, had a bit of a mishap on the 
right at the end of the race, um, uh, just slowed down a little bit to maintain pace, and uh, BMW decided to start racing me, uh, dive bombed me in, I think it was 12, and then he lost control. He, he took responsibility for that. He manned up. All right. Well, that's great. Awesome. So, uh, good weekend. Oh, hi, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's awesome. I we never, you know, I've never been to this track before, and uh, it was good learning yesterday. And car was awesome. It was good to be out there first, and had a lot of open track, and had a great race, race, race great race with uh, Bavarian Mustache Works. Yeah, they, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, how was it out there for you today? It was good. Yeah, we were definitely racing uh, the. Bavarian Mustard Works, they definitely kept us honest all day. It was a good race with them. Porsche looked pretty good out there. Yeah, it's running good. Except for the other side. Yeah, I know. It got hit twice today, so. Um, yeah. You going to do anything different tomorrow to make up for that lap you're going to get? Or maybe two laps, I think. I don't know. It should be just one lap, but yes, we're going to drive faster. Well, you have the Porsche tax. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we make this up as we go. You know that, right? That's an internet rumor. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we'll just try to keep the same strategy, drive drive fast, stay out of trouble. Do you tell your cousins to, like, slow down not to get your FTD? I mean, not, you know, not, you know. I know what you mean. Uh, no, I don't. I'm, I know I'm not the fastest driver here, so, um, yeah, no, I don't mind. All right. all right, good race, guys. We were, we were all within a second. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, like 209 to 20, or 209.5 to 210. Seven or something like that. I mean, we were all really close. Do you just slow down not to impress these guys or outdo them? No, I just run one good fast lap, and then, and then the rest of it is crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cougar Team Racing wins overall here at High Plains Raceway in Colorado. Thank you. Down here is EJS Motorsports, formerly Take the lead towards the end of the race, and you hold it. That was pretty awesome out there. Yeah, uh, we we went out with two hours to go, and we're like, we're a pit stop behind the leaders. Like, we're just gonna try to hold on and see uh, if we can just make it to the end, which we did. And they, uh, fortunate for us, had problems, uh, which put us in the lead for with a lap and a half, and just kind of held steady, brought it home. Didn't really care if anyone passed us because knew we had to gap, uh, so it was in no rush to. Uh, make any mistakes and just brought it home there you go. now you guys uh you beat us some pretty hefty hardware out here yeah i mean all these cars are theoretically quicker than us but uh just on for the most part fuel saving mode just coasting home i mean never really pushing just limiting our pit stops and it uh helped us save time who are your drivers today uh, Scott, myself, and my dad, right? What is it, do I put that under the thing myself? What's your name? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Zach. It's all right. You've been driving, man. Yeah, I did two stints today, two stints yesterday. What's your last name, Zach? Lebwell. Same as my dad here. Congrats, guys. I know. This is really, really exciting. you got to remember, this is the beginning. This is the infancy of a brand-new team. And CJS Motorsports, CJS Racing. I mean, this right here is actually our backup car. Just wait until we bring our real hardware. And so to have a 17-year-old, we'll call it a rookie, even though he's been driving for such a long period of time and doing such a successful, absolutely incredible job today, holding it to together, doing two stints today and two stints yesterday, our success being Class A yesterday, Class A today, overall, and 
and we even beat an EC car, which was unbelievable. I got to tell you, that is amazing. So I'm so proud to be a part of this team. Zach has got a bunch of people he wants to thank. And so, Bill, if you don't have an opportunity, see what he has to say. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you uh, and Dana and the rest of the Champ Car staff, as well as High Plains and the corner workers. Uh, track was awesome, uh, racing was great, uh, and you guys put together a great series. Um, obviously Scott uh, and Renegade Hybrids who uh, have this backup car and were able to put it together in two days uh, with very little notice. Um, so for them to have the car ready uh, and ready to run and run well uh, was awesome. Uh, my dad uh, for putting together the team and uh, finance. That's the team owner right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and working on it, uh, as well as driving. Uh, he drove great today and yesterday. Um, uh, we got Porter and Alec around here. Uh, they were helping with crew, uh, and they were uh, great through the whole times. So we had no issues and stops. Yes, I know. Uh, my mother as well for supporting me um, uh, in racing and supporting us, putting this team together. Uh, and Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome back to Inside Champ Car. Brian Balansky, Bill Strong. Some great interviews there from High Plains. I haven't been out there. That's actually as, pretty, as close as you guys get to me now, isn't it? It was fun, man. Yeah. That's you know when I when I we rode up. Of course, you know I don't know if people following me on on Facebook, but uh, I I got a electric yeah. car, a Tesla. We'll have to have do a whole I, episode on that. I think we will. It's yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm renting another one in in October in Phoenix, so it's. It'll be interesting. Cool. Get it, so, some feedback. But High Plains, man, that, I, as we come over the hill, you got a gun range on your right. So if you're into guns, there's a great place to go there. Um, and on the left is a racetrack in the middle of freaking nowhere. There's not even cows there. That's how in the <laughs> middle of nowhere it is. Um, there's bison about 20 miles down the road. It's it's pretty wild place, but uh, it looked flat yeah. until you get past turn five. And then it just drops down to the Grand Canyon, man. Yeah. And uh, it's it's pretty insane. Um, I did take some laps in the uh, in the I need to be charged now car. Uh -huh. So I couldn't really take too many of them or very hard. Plus, I didn't have a helmet on and I'm in a rental car. Right. So you don't want to use it. So sure I only did 35 miles an hour. Sure no, I, I really did. You can look <laughs> on the, the, the data, 35. But um, the it, it's a pretty wicked track. Supposedly, yeah. it has a lot of grip. Or what the guys were saying, but it did eat some tires, so it could have been alignment, could have been all kinds of stuff. But guess where we're headed? And we just spent an hour talking about it. We are going to the Lifeline 24-hour classic, of course. Lifeline, the longtime sponsor of this, uh, they supply fire systems. They're going to have some giveaways to the winners and and maybe losers. I don't know. Um, they're going to be there this weekend with uh, some gifts for folks. Uh, 
and uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. But uh, hey, my pick for this weekend, yeah, I think Wittenauer Motorsports <laughs> is going to win this with their F Class uh, Mini Cooper. I, I laugh not because of Wittenauer. I love the Wittenauer folks. I laugh because I know who you're driving with. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I have to say, real quick. Timothy came. T- Timothy Elliott came to your defense because I was trolling you with John in the chat, oh. and and he's like, "Oh no, Bill's okay and everything." I I know that by the way, because because yeah. because no matter how much people might like Bill or not, but they're not going to put Bill in their car if he wrecks often or if he's really slow. And yeah. Bill jumps in cars all the time, so I I don't need to know anything about Bill's driving ability other than. People Somebody that, told me that recently. It's like, yeah, I, I think I'm not that quick of a driver. Well, but, but you're not that that's slow. That's not my job to right. be a quick driver. It's to bring it to exactly. down the laps consistently. Right. And uh, that's what I try to do. Right. So if you were so, really slow or if you wrecked cars, nobody would yeah. ask you to get in their cars. And right. You get into right. a lot of the cars over the course of the right. year. You get into four or five different cars, right? Yep. Typically for it. one I mean, stint I, here I, or there. Yeah. No, I, I try to drive four or five yeah. throughout the year. So, At least get four or five stints in. So, yeah. That's all I need to know about how good Bill is. So I pick on Bill a lot, <laughs> and I have a ton of fun, and he takes it well. Uh, yeah. But it's all thank in you. good fun. And thank you, Timothy, for jumping up to Bill's defense. <laughs> yes, thanks, Tim. Thanks. <laughs> um, but let's go over the, the lineup real quick. I'm not going to say everybody's name on here because there's a whole shit ton of you. She's my language, but that's a ton <laughs> It's 80 cars signed up, and that's a couple more than we had this morning. Nice. Um, 901 Motorsports, they're a team that could win this. Uh, they're bringing two cars. They have Brett Shanneman, and they have a bunch of guys on those teams that could win it. Atlanta Speedworks is always a go-getter there. Um, there's a few here. Blake's Garage can do well. Bliss Racing, of course, they've got their S-Class Mazda Miata, and they're going to be gunning for uh, Wittenauer. Um, uh, Brew Crew Lager, ah, they, they tend to be pretty rough on that car. They might do well. They've been working on that car. Of course, Bulldog Racing has a bunch of good drivers. They've been with us for a long time. But a car that I think you have to watch for is Burris Motorsports. Um, they won a, r- a race recently, and they had some really good drivers, and those drivers are coming back, and you know who those guys are, Brian. Yep. Um, if, they can, if they can hold it together and stay out of trouble, I think Burris Motorsports has a chance to win this. But they have to get by teams like uh, uh, Four Boobs, and they're in Infinity G35 C-Class cars. So four boobs. Uh, so, you know. Okay. I, yeah. I just yeah, I just want I just wanted to say that name and I cannot I wait to say it during the show. <laughs> so, uh you know, you have uh um the Lot Lizard Racing with their Ford Crown Vic. That's also one to watch for. You know, Lot Lizard always fun. Always fun. Um Miscu Motorsports, they're, uh, uh, they've been here many times. Uh, they have a chance to be in the top 10. Of course, Money Shift, they've been spending a ton of time working on their car, trying to get that thing going, that little uh, Honda Civic going, and that's pretty quick. But NLS and their 240SX, that's been one of the top teams, yep. but they always have trouble towards the end. So if they can get over that get, having trouble bit, they might be up there. OFIC Racing. Blown engines recently, so uh, we got they got to get over that, and hopefully they can do better this year. Um, let's see, going here, Racing for Heroes would be there. Rockwell Autosport bringing three Porsche Boxsters. You know, they won the national championship, and uh, they've been holding out for this race. Yep. They've been prepping like crazy, driving another series, and uh, I think they have a chance. They led this race a couple of times in different cars, but in the end, the, the, mo- the cars just couldn't hack their, uh, their rate of speed. 
RVA Graphics and Wraps, um, I think they've won this in the past. Uh, they could do it again. They've got both 111 and the 411 car. Um, Sparrow Speed, always a team to, uh, to watch because they're going to find themselves right up there uh, one of these days. Um, let's see, uh, Trophy Wife Racing. I think Tiffany's going to be racing with them this weekend. Uh, Wheels America bringing their Miatas up, and they've got some young drivers that are really freaking quick. But uh, let's see how they do outside their area and, and here at VIR. So that'll be a good test for them. And, uh, of course, the team that uh, everybody has to be uh, uh, looking at will be uh, Visceral Racing Group, VRG, and their Porsches. They're bringing three Porsches to this race. The 944 RSR, the 944 RS, and the Porsche Boxster. Any three of those cars could win this race outright. Yep. So uh, they have big tanks in those cars, and they're able to go a long way and double stint. So uh, they can get a lead pretty quick, and they're really, really good at 24-hour races as long as those cars can stay healthy. Right, right. That's the secret. If they can stay healthy and out of everybody, you know, they, they don't uh, bang into people or things, they should do pretty well. So, and uh, for, you know, being, what's that, I don't know the word, is I have raced for them before. Um, so not that that means anything, but just to let you know, um, for the FCC or FBI or whoever, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a fun weekend, man. The weather is going to be hot. It yep. could be rainy. It could be foggy. It could be sunny. It could be snowing. So we don't know. So I, I'm looking at the forecast. Of course, we're still a couple days out, uh, 92 on Saturday, 93 on Sunday, uh, 17% chance of rain on Saturday, 18% chance of rain on Sunday, which means it'll just rain enough to make it disgusting humid yeah the <laughs> if it's 30 percent, it's gonna pour yeah you know if it's anywhere other side of that we're probably not gonna get any rain yeah but it will be humid yeah they're, um they're calling for 80 percent humidity yeah and so. you know i know you guys are out some of you guys are out where it's 100 plus degrees this is way different oh, I, this i'd rather be 100 degrees and zero humidity than 92 oh, yeah. and and yeah yeah i've it's done gonna both. Be tough done both so so paulie and Polly and i'll be running the show paulie will be running the show champ card out live um from uh the start of the race at noon on saturday until about 10 i'll take over at 10 i think brian will be coming on at some point or another I'll we should have some of our, Austra of yep. yeah, our australia friends on maybe tiffany will come up and help um but uh we'll be running it overnight until about uh eight in the morning when paulie will come back and finish up or five in the morning Whatever 10 hours is from there. Well, he always comes early. Early, which I love. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> thank you, Paulie. We love you, man. So the uh, the show overnight is going to be a little different than the way Paulie does it. We're going to be experimenting with some technology, um, you know, some AI. I'm kidding. Not really AI, but <laughs> we'll make it sound cool. Um, I, I am a boss. Experimenting with some stuff. Yeah. We're, with some with some new uh, talent software. So we can probably get some more high-quality video from uh, our talent. Oh. And if you don't know the, the TV speak, you know, <laughs> talent would be Brian, yeah, not, not Bill. And usually but, um, when they talk about me, it's lack thereof. Of, yeah. But, yeah. yes. So we're going to be trying some stuff like that. We're going to oh. have, I've got the links to the Marching Ants. And Chris and I were talking earlier, and he thinks that's super important for racers, to, for his planning for the team, the whole bit. So um, the Flagtronics Marching Ants will be live. I'll be controlling that as well. And also the log. 
the race log. I've got the links to the race log so you guys can preload those into your computer. Nice. Um, the same with I got those up as well today on the um, on the forum for the race for the 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 race thread. That thing. Um, so the links are on there for that as well. Uh, Dana said set out the email Saturday the week before email. Please go to uh, your check your email if you for some reason don't have access to your email because you're computer illiterate and you're a computer science major. Then uh, go to um, the forum because yep. I posted it up in the thread for the race. Cool. Um, what else? Uh, remember to hydrate. So you should be drinking stuff now and not beer. Um, stay off the alcohol the day before the race. Uh, that will help you out. I know you want to party and have fun, but dude, your life can depend on that and the lives of other people as well. So, um, yep. yeah, sounds good. I don't want to sound like the old old dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Polly will have, I have my overnight link up and I think Polly will probably put his up uh, Wednesday or Thursday as he preps for the race. Nice. So um, we'll have some more information up tomorrow um, or maybe Thursday. Cause I have a lot to do tomorrow. I got to do some traveling to Charlottesville, Virginia to pick up the really cool t-shirts that we're going to have for sale. We like to get rid of them all at race weekend. Um, Chris has already told me to set a few aside and a couple of our other racers have asked, don't ask me anymore, please guys. Um, uh, you just, what you show up and get them. Um, I have 144 shirts and, uh, you've set mine sell. aside, right? <laughs> did I get one for you? No, <laughs> I did not get one for you. <laughs> Unless you can wear an extra small. Oh, I can on my left arm. <laughs> <laughs> a belly shirt. Oh. We're going to do a belly. We're going to do a belly shirt edition here. One of these days. All right. I'm in so, now. I'm All in. Right. Um, also, I've been debating doing a, a, a daytime, you know, once a week, uh, like news show, 15 minutes during lunch or something like that. If you guys, if you guys think that would be fun or helpful or whatever, let me know and uh, give us some ideas of what we could talk about during the show. Um, I'm just trying to get the numbers up on Champ Car Live uh, to help the podcast out and to help, you know, the, the Champ Car Live itself. Um, <laughs> viewers drop top. Or, <laughs> Everybody yeah, just a, everybody just clicked off. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, just uh, see what we can do to, to to have some fun and maybe pass on more information. Nice. All right, guys. I think I'm done here. I am going to go to sleep. Got a lot of work to do tomorrow, and uh, you know we're working on we're going to be what four weeks, five weeks in a row there. Yeah. Something like that. So it's going to be fun. All right. All right. That's going to do it for another episode of Inside Champ Car. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. You won't miss any episodes. It would also be great if you share it with your social media channels. Comment on the Champ Car Facebook page, especially if it's a good one. New episodes every week. He's Bill Strong. I'm Brian Belansky. You're listening to Champ Car Live on YouTube and the Racing Wire Podcast Network. See you next week. Hello.